every year in the annual cycle of our Torah reading, we are confronted with one Torah portion that holds both the heights and the depths of what is possible within human religious expression. And as the Lubavitcher Rebbe, may his memory be a blessing for all of us, said once, sure, I live with the times. Every week, Parshat Shavua, the Torah portion comes and gives us an insight, often hauntingly paralleling our quote-unquote real lives. And so, of course, like many of you, this last week's events, all of the things that took place over the last seven days, the revelations, the disturbing activities, the painful episodes, were heavy on my heart as I prepared to encounter our living tradition, our Torah, with its teaching this week about Akidah, about the binding of Isaac and children. In this week's most famous of stories, we are confronted with a father whose alacrity, whose zealousness, whose fire to live by God's word was so profound that it has left two millennia of interpreters trying to come to terms with its message. And there's one particular moment that I'd like to focus on here tonight and that really gripped me. Just as Abraham is about to, to sacrifice, to slaughter, literally, his son. He takes the flint, the, the knife, the shchot et beno. An angel of God appears from heaven, calls to him, and says, Avraham, Avraham, Abraham, Abraham, and he responds, Hineni. The commentators are vexed by the the coupling, the doubling of that word, Avraham, Avraham. Why twice? Truth be told, between you and me, it appears almost everywhere. And in this particular instance, it's not out of character. But listen to this Midrash, listen to this rabbinic interpretation of that repetition of Abraham's name. Avraham, Avraham, say the rabbis in Psikta Rabati, Bet pa'amim shayam maher lishokto vayat soveach bo ke adam hatsoek mitoch tsara ma ata ose. Avraham hofech panavets lo amarlei ma ata ose at tishlach yadcha elanair. 
two times it is written Abraham, for Abraham was quickened to slaughter. And the angel screamed to him as a man would scream from a narrow place, from a place of tzarah, from a place of, of trial, of tribulation, of vicissitude, and would scream to his friend, Ma ata oseh, what are you doing? Ma ata oseh. Abraham ofech panavetso, and Abraham turns his face to him, and, and he says again, what are you doing? Do not lay a hand on the child. What are you doing? This week's Torah reading is troubled by that question. What are you doing? What are you doing? The Torah asks. And the assumption here is that Abraham is asleep, that he is so caught, as the ram will eventually be caught, Abraham himself is so caught in the act he is so subsumed with something. He has been so constellated around an idea. He is so enraptured. He is so in it that it takes an angel's saying twice to him just to get his attention. Hey, snap out of it. Hey, Avram. Yeah, Avram. What are you doing? The quintessential existential question, the quintessential spiritual question, the quintessential philosophical query is at any given moment, are you awake? Are you conscious? Are you in a mechanical place? Are you lost in an unconscious reverie? of action that has a cause and effect, a cause and effect all the way back, are you just responding in the moment to moment as if it is predetermined, as if God has said absolutely, Abraham, Abraham, ma ata oseh, what are you doing? And this isn't an easy question. And the force of my delivery and my energy is only because it hurts so much. Because I know that I am Avraham and you are Avraham and all of us in our little moments of Akedah, in our big moments of Akedah, when our values hit the road, that we are often torn between conflicting voices, and that often in our lives, something radical must take place that shakes us from the place that we have been caught and we awaken. And shocked, we imagine, how did I get here? Many of you know that in my own personal life, that there was a period in my 20s, almost a decade, where I was a waiter and, or working in the restaurant industry in various capacities. And I, the time that the job offer came through, I was working at EJ's Luncheonette as a, as a uh, taking phone calls for delivery. And a job offer arrived to become the manager of a new pizza restaurant. And something happened on an altogether 
ordinary Thursday evening. Nothing memorable about it other than that I will never forget it for the rest of my life. I was, I was working and one of, the, one of the pizza delivery guys was standing at the counter and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he collapsed. And within moments, I went from worrying about deliveries to holding the head of a 19-year-old boy who was having a massive cardiac arrest. And as I held him and whispered psalms in his ear, his life slowly ebbed away. And of course, when news reached us one half hour after he reached the hospital that he had passed, the shock in the restaurant was profound. All of the customers and staff stood in what can be called confusion, puzzlement, trauma. And remarkably, the owner of the restaurant called me and asked me not to close the restaurant. And I was in shock. It was beyond an odd request. It felt obscene. And so Baruch Hashem, thank God, at that moment, the voice of the angel called out to me and said, David, David, ma'ata oseh? And I closed the restaurant and I sent everyone home. And I was fired, of course. And for almost 15 years, I keep thinking to myself about the owner, what were you thinking? What were you doing? Has the discourse and the bottom line so confused our conversations? Are we so radically asleep that we can't hear the cry of the angel saying, what are you doing? Who will stay the hand that would slaughter those who have no power? Who will stay the hand of those who have no one to speak for them? Who will stay the hand of those who are so asleep to what is truly important and what is truly valuable in our country, in our culture, that football games must go on? We are so, in this, in this period that we are living in, so desperately in need of hearing the voices of those who are powerless. And it can't happen unless we are willing to hear the words, what are you doing? If we can't wake up and be conscious, if we can't wake up in the middle of our post-Yom Kippur, post-Chagim reverie, and infuse our days with a sense of stopping and asking ourselves, am I truly awake? Am I living my values? Am I taking the time? Am I demanding the time that life requires to meet it head on? If we're not going back to sleep, if we're closing down the store and saying no, no more, no more. then the angel is screaming and we are 
We are desperately in need of a different way of hearing. This week's Torah portion and all of its conflictual messages point to the essential religious quest, which is to wake up. To wake up for the sake of our hearts. To wake up for the sake of our children. To wake up for the sake of equality. To wake up for the sake of a better world. Each and every one of us should be blessed to hear our names being called, not once, but twice. That we merit to wake up. Oh, 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 oh,